0: a word of prayer. Thank you this morning, Father, that we can come to celebrate and to remember that the light of the world stepped down into this dark world, to open our eyes that we may see. Father, thank you for the songs that have been sung, the verses that have been read. May we take the next few moments in this quietness to Think about the light of the world that has come. We ask for help in doing this, in Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say that uh, the little program we did this morning, which is just a Northbrook family sort of thing, but the College and Career Group put that together for us. So the next generation is here, and the next generation is working and active, and that's, that's a thing to be thankful for. So... Thank you all, all of you who put this uh, together and worked on it, put the pressure on us men to sing and all that stuff, but that uh, no, was nice. I, I brought my flashlight with me this morning. This is my little flashlight and I could do things with it. I could, you know, scare your children or uh, things like that or I can shine it in your eyes and, and be very, very annoying if I did this for a long time. <laughs> my daughter hates me now. <laughs> <laughs> and those things would be useless, really, not very productive. But I can take this light, and if, if the lights went out here all of a sudden, and we needed to find our way out, this would become a very useless thing, wouldn't it? We could, depending on how far I click, we can get many lights out of it, we can, we can go and we could use it for something that is, that is useful. It can direct a, a person in the dark room, out of the dark room, into a place of safety and security. Well, I want to talk this morning about the idea of of darkness and light. We just sang a song that says, Light of the world, you step down into darkness. It's appropriate, especially at Christmas time, because the Bible tells us when the angels announced to the shepherds of the birth of the Savior, it says, The glory of the Lord shone about them. There was a bright light, a light that all could see, to announce the birth of the Son of God to this earth. When the Magi came a couple of years later, they came following a star, a bright star in, in the heavens that was emitting light and guiding them to where Jesus was living. In Matthew chapter four, he, he quotes the prophet Isaiah and maybe, the, oh there we go. He quotes the prophet Isaiah and says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. As we come to Christmas time and celebrate the fact that the light has come, we celebrate that Jesus has come, that hope has come. We celebrate today speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ as the light is a very appropriate thing. You see, Even in some of the Christmas carols we sing, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Old little town of Bethlehem, there's a phrase tucked in there, it says, in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Another Christmas carol, angels from the realms of glory, yonder shines the infant light. Jesus is depicted as a bright light that shines through the darkness. I want to consider with you some verses of scriptures, but I'll read a few, but I want to really consider one verse this morning. If you turn in your Bibles, if you have them, and I'll I'll put this up on the uh, back wall. John chapter one, John chapter one, and I'm going to read the first nine verses. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light that shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend or overtake it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John and he was a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light but he came to testify about the light. Now I want you to notice this verse. This is where we'll talk this morning. There was a true light, the true light, which came into the world that enlightens every man. I'm sorry, I think I read it in a different version from what I put on the wall, but that's okay. The last verse says the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. You see, what I like about the Gospel of John, it is one of the best depictions of the Christmas story. You see, the Gospel of Matthew goes begins right at the genealogy of Jesus. It talks about where Jesus' roots come from, humanly speaking. The Gospel of of Mark kind of skips that altogether and goes right to his baptism. The Gospel of Luke takes us back to an angelic appearance before the priest uh, Zacharias and and then uh, uh, Joseph and Mary. But John takes us right back to the to the beginning to the time before Bethlehem, the time before that day, and takes us back into the times of eternity, before conception, before pregnancy, before time, before space, all the way back to the beginning. The scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And it says the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. This light, this word, from eternity past, from forever, on this particular day, came into this world. Sometimes at Christmas we get a little short-sighted. And we get fixated on, on the seen rather than the unseen. And, and we start thinking about Joseph and Mary cuddling a baby in their arms. And all the amazement that goes with having a baby. My wife had three of them, and I know it was amazing with all three of them. Some more amazing than others, but uh, all three of them were amazing. (laughs) Just degrees of amazement. I was amazed at how heavy Sam was as a little baby. (laughs) I was amazed that Mary Elizabeth was born as a girl, not a boy. I had a boy's name all picked out for her. And I was just amazed when Ben, my firstborn, was born. Just the fact that now, wait a second, there's a child now in our life. But we get fixated on that kind of thing. And we think about, you know, how a baby was born. But this child was the very word of God, the very person of God. Jesus Christ is the only person who ever existed before he was born. He existed long before his birth. You see, and one of the things that I would hope, we're going into a new year, this is a great time to take stock and evaluate and think about what am I going to do into the new year? What am I going to think about in the new year? And I would hope, and my prayer for you, is that in your life, you would see Jesus Christ for who he really is. That he would become bigger to you in 2016 than he is to you today. Whether you're a believer or not, if you don't know him, that you would know him today. And if you do know him, that he would become a bigger part of your life as we go into the next year. You see, you might be like me. I have issues. I have problems. Maybe your problems are medical problems. Maybe they're financial problems. Maybe they're emotional. But I want to assure you something. The God of heaven is bigger than your problems. Jesus Christ is bigger than any fear or any problem or any issue that you may be dealing with. Maybe you're saying, no, you don't know my problems. Well, the problem is you don't know my God. My God is bigger than any problem that we can have. And I I know that when you're in the middle of that storm and you're going through all that and it's a dark, dark room and there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. The light of the world has come. This child that we speak of grew up and he said things and he claimed things and then he died on a cross and he rose from the dead and he is alive right now. And he is coming back again. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's exactly why we celebrate Christmas. And if you wanted to, you could have said amen at that point, thank you. So that verse that we said once again, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Now what's the first thing I wanna say about this light? I've said a lot, and you're thinking the first thing? Well, I just have three little points here, and it won't take long. This light is reliable. He is the true light. You see, my flashlight that I have here, I've had this for a number of years, and it's really reliable. However, somebody one day took the batteries out and used them in a remote control. It wasn't reliable anymore. It's only good as long as the batteries are alive. It's only... Yeah, Mary, here smiling. It must have been you. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I'll blame it on Ben. <laughs> it's only good as long as the batteries are in it. But this light is reliable. This is a true light. This is a light that is the source of light. This battery is only... The only source is... Or this flashlight... There's a number of things that have to happen. It needs a battery for a source of power. It needs a light for a source of light. Jesus Christ is the true light. He has within himself every resource that we need. Every resource can be found in him. Now that implies if there's a true light, there's also false lights. You know, the world has been filled with false hope, false promises, and false lights. Lights that aren't true lights, lights that aren't reliable, that will let you down. You know, if I'm not an artist. In fact, I can't even draw a straight line. But if someone asked me to, to draw a painting, the easiest painting for me to draw would be the painting of human history. You know, I would take a, a sheet of paper or a, let's take a big canvas, because this is art, Leah. We need canvas, right? And I would get the blackest matte paint that I could get, nothing glossy, just dark, matte paint. And I would start and I would paint that whole canvas black. And I'd put it up on my wall and say, what is that? That's human history. That's the darkness of human history. And then, I would have to take a spot of white and put it in a corner and bring it down across that whole of human history as the light that came into this world. That light that came into the darkness, that light is Jesus. Our history is dark. You know, there's a period in history that historians, and I'm having trouble finding out exactly what it is, but I believe it's from around 475 to 800 that was called the Dark Ages. And during the Dark Ages, I don't know if if you're familiar with it, but in the dark ages, it was filled with violence and terror and war. Huh? Thank goodness we didn't live in times like that. I mean, because the last time I checked, our world is filled with darkness and terror and war. You know, in the last 100 years, 1914 to uh, 2015, there have been two world wars, there have been revolutions, there have been communism that has taken many lives, there's been Vietnam, there's been Middle East wars, there's been terrorism. More people have died by, by violence in the last hundred years than every other combined century. If you took all of the violence up to the year 1900 and all of the people who have died, it will be eclipsed by the number of people who have died since 1900 by violence. That's a dark world. But the light has come. Our world is dark, and this true light has come into this world. You know, back in the, in the 1900s, in the US, early 1900s, people thought that, and social experts, they were telling us that things are getting better, technology's increasing, and, and the way of life is improving. And they were saying that we're becoming enlightened. And people believed all of that. And then you're asking, well what happened? I'll tell you what happened. World War I, World War II, Vietnam, AIDS epidemic, 9-11. All of those things happened. We have not become more enlightened. This world is plunged darker and darker every day. So people try drugs, they try spiritism, they try meditation, they try religion, they try all kinds of things to get enlightened. Only to find out they're like my flashlight without any batteries. They are useless. They are not true lights. They are false lights. They don't work. Religion doesn't work. Meditation doesn't work. It does not bring your dark place in your soul to light. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Jesus himself said, this is actually annoying, this thing. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you want light in your life, you need Jesus Christ. He is the only true light. He is the reliable light. The second thing I want to say is, He is a helpful light. This light is helpful. You know, this is helpful when I carry it. I couldn't tell you how many times I get on a camping trip and thinking, where's my headlamp? Oh, it's home useless. It's useless if I don't have it with me. He is the light, the true light who gives light to everyone. Thinking about how God gives light to everyone, you know, we have a general revelation in our lives. Most people, every person, I believe, every person on this planet, God has innately planted in every human being a knowledge of himself. Every human being, We actually, last night, just for for, Kicks and giggles, as they say in Newfoundland. We we were looking up this uh, what was it called of the the tribe? Guys, you're? Sentinelese people in Indonesia area. You know, nobody's ever sat down and visited with them. Nobody's ever talked to them. Nobody's ever spent time with them or anything. They're they're everybody's afraid of them. They're what they're called an isolated people group in the world. They're all on their own, they're almost invisible people, but they, but they live, they don't even know if it's 20 people or 500 people that live on this little island. But I do believe that even in that far reaches of the land, that they have a conscience that tells them that there is a God. That's general revelation. And the only way to not believe that is to get it educated away or have it taught away by someone else. Everybody is born with an innate awareness that there is a God and there is a higher power and there is a God that is greater than you. Everybody has that awareness. And the only way is if somebody takes that away from you through education or through telling you otherwise. Jesus said, as he showed us the light, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You know, Here's an incredible thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. He walked on earth and he taught for about three years. Three, three and a half years. Then there were men that came and there was Plato and and he taught for 40 years. There was Aristotle who taught for 40 years and Socrates taught for about 50 years. 130 years combined of what these men who are known as great luminaries of the Grecian Empire. But you know what? In three years on this earth, Jesus Christ has far more influenced our world, our society, our art, our culture, than these men ever did. They're dead, they're buried, and they're in their grave. He is in heaven, and he is in in an incredible way influenced our our society and our culture. More than all of them put together. The last point I want to make, and I won't be long because I know you've been sitting here for a while, The light that we have is a light that is available. He is a true light that gives light to everyone. To everyone. You know, I, uh, I keep this light, again, back to my little headlamp. I keep that in the, in the table next to my bed, so in case the power goes out, which it does here, every time we have a storm or something, I know right where to go, I can feel around in the dark and I can grab it and, and, I, and it's there. I use it. Sometimes it's not available. Ben and Sam have this thing that you probably don't know about but they still play with Lego. <laughs> and they build these big hockey rinks with Lego and little men and all this stuff and sometimes they take my light and they, and they play with it and you hear them downstairs, these 23 and 26 year old guys down there going, and they're shining the spotlight around, and they're singing the national anthem, and they're doing all this stuff as they're, as they're 23 and 26 years old out there playing Lego, and they take my light. So then my light's not available. But he says, Jesus Christ says, I am the light that is a, I'm of, the one who is for everyone. He is available to you, he is available to me, and he will always be available. You know, it says the word of God came, became flesh and dwelled among us. God didn't just say, okay, I'm up in heaven and I'll just kind of shine down my light on you and say, hey, it's God here. You know, that's my light. He didn't do that, did he? It says he came and dwelt among us. The light from heaven, the God of heaven came down from heaven as a man, as a person, and lived on this earth with man. So what's the point of that? Jesus came from heaven to this earth, to this darkness. He left the third heaven, he bypassed all the galaxies, and he came down to be the light of the world on this little globe. This little backwater town of Bethlehem in the Roman Empire to the womb of a a peasant woman. We, we We spoke about that at the Lord's Supper. And when we talk about it, it's hard to even imagine what that is. <coughs> one, one writer, Philip Yancey, I think I put the quote here. Yes, there it is. He says this, he says, one night in the cold and the dark among the wrinkled hills of Bethlehem, God who knows no before or after entered into time and space. God who knows no boundaries, took on the shocking confines of a baby's skin and the ominous restraints of mortality. Why? Why did he do that? I'm going to give you two reasons. First of all, to show us how dark it really is here without him. You see, when I think about myself, and sometimes I get a little proud of myself and think, you know, I'm done all right. I'm a pretty good guy. I don't mess with anybody else's life and i've done well at work and and you know what my, my kids for the most part like me um get a little self-righteous you know I, and then it, it goes from not that i'm okay but i'm actually better than the guy next door because he does this and i don't do that you know i mean I, i'm a pretty clean living guy and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not as bad as some other people so we get self-righteous I compare myself to others, we do it constantly, we often do this. But you see, the Lord Jesus Christ came and he lived a perfect life on this earth. He never lusted, he never sinned, he never said a bad word, he never said anything that was untrue. And I could never say that about myself. So the first thing is, he showed me how dark I really am. When I compare myself with the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, I realize, huh, I'm not that bright. I'm a dark person. I have a problem, and my problem is sin. It's darkened my heart. It causes me to do things that hurts other people. It causes me to do things that that is a wrong way to think. It causes me to sin and offend against God. But the second reason he came, and this is what I want to finish with this morning, he came not just to expose your darkness, but he came so he could lead you out of darkness. There's no, it's no fun living in darkness. I, I worked for a while in, in, in a, a job where I used to have to go to every coal mine, and I'd, I'd go down and, and work around in the coal mine with the, with the guys, and sometimes you'd be off working by yourself and think, I'm going to turn off my lamp just to see what it's like. Boy, I'll tell you, I was scared. I, I, I was like fumbling around real fast, get that light back on. This is scary. It's really, really dark. There's no light at all. I'm not used to this. Darkness is a bad place to live. Jesus Christ came that he may lead you out of darkness. There is light at the end of your tunnel. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. That implies that the world is dark and there's a way out of the darkness. There is hope and there's a future. I'm gonna finish with this. When we gather at Christmas time and we sing all of those nice songs and we see all those bright lights And we do all of these other things that we can get lost in. Really, it is about the light of the world coming down into this dark world that you may have life and that you may have hope and that you may have light. The pre-existing one, the eternal one came from eternity past into this world. He died and he rose again. He conquered death and he will come again and he is alive right now. I'll say that again. From eternity past, he came into this world, he died, he rose again, he conquered death, and he is coming again, and he is alive right now, and you say, Thank you. (laughs) Sorry to keep you awake. If you put your faith and your hope in him today, you can have him as your savior from sin. The darkness will be gone, and the light will come into your life. The light will never go out. Bad things happen to people. They happen to all of us. In fact, we all die. We all have an expiry date, every one of us. One person say, said we all die of our last disease, whatever that might be, and that's absolutely true. We are all going to die. Family members get sick, and they die. People get in accidents. Because of sin in this world, life happens to be like that. But we have hope, and it is real. We have light in that the end of that dark tunnel that will lead us out of that, if you will believe. Jesus Christ has come, hope has come. He's come into the world not to be worshiped as a baby, but to grow up as a perfect man, to die on a Roman cross, to take your sin and my sin upon himself, to be your substitute. We deserve to die. We deserve to be punished for our sins. Instead, he volunteered and went in your place. That's why he came. The light of the world came to give you life, eternal life. There's a verse in Galatians that says, so when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. There is a way to the Father. There is a way to heaven. That's great hope. That is great light. He came that he may die for you. If you don't know him personally, you know, I'm not gonna ask anybody to come up to the front here. I'm not gonna ask anybody to sign anything. I'm not even gonna ask you to bow your head and say a prayer. But right now, right where you sit, if you don't know him personally, if he is not your light, you can accept him and know him right now. There's nothing you have to do. There's no pilgrimage you have to make. You don't have to do any excursions or anything painful. All you have to do is accept the fact that the work has been done for you. Agree to his terms. Admit that you're a sinner. You're saying, well, yeah, doesn't he already know that? Yeah, he does, but he wants to hear you say it to him. He wants to hear you admit it. You know, when my kids do something wrong when they were little, I used to extract it from them. What did you do? I knew what they did. But you know what, there was something in having them say what they did that helped to bring about the process of admitting, yeah, I did it, I did it, it was wrong. That's all part of the whole thing. Admit to God that you're a sinner. Admit that you need to be saved from your sins. Ask him to forgive you. Believe that God sent Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to die in your place on that cross. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we come this morning to sing about him. I'll close with one verse. We all know it, I think. Maybe we don't. But if you don't, this is a great time to take in what this verse says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but rather to save the world through him. You can be saved this morning from your sin. You can have the light of the world dwelling in your dark place. You can be free and clear from your sin. The greatest gift you could ever receive at Christmas time would be the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning that you did send your Son the light of the world. We thank you that he has come, that we may have life, Father, I pray if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know him, who has never come to that place where they've trusted fully in the one who was sent from heaven, that today would be the day right where they sit right now. Admit that they are a sinner and ask you to forgive them of their sins, to cry out to God and ask you if you would forgive them. And we know your word promises whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for that great promise in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish you all a Merry Christmas. So there is a song, actually, uh, that we're going to close with.
1: So we'll sing it quickly, and then you'll be out. Now, I'm not sure many people know this song, so we'll let you join if you know it. If you don't, you just enjoy it. It's talking about the Lord Jesus coming back. Of creation, all of the earth make straight a highway apart for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sinner, wake up the saints, let every nation shout up your fame. Jesus is coming soon, like a bride waiting. Second to the last verse of Revelation. Even so come, Lord Jesus. God bless you. Merry Christmas. It's okay.